0: It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy. Original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on Dynasty Trading and Player Values. Hosted by
1: Russ Fisher, Izzy Alkafos, and Akash Patel. Dynasty Trade Calculator flagship podcast back again. Russ, Izzy, Akash, all here to plant our flags on some values. Boom. How's that? get your copyright people on that we got lawyers right we got them here so we are here we are going to talk about some values and we are going to start with yet another trade in the nfl and while there was rumors that Devonte parker was going to get moved it, like it's it's usually when tom brady was on the patriots it's like uh-oh players available go to the patriots oh that guy's gonna be a free agent He's old. He's a wide receiver. He's going to go to the Patriots. Like, we just so got so used to saying that. And then Brady leaves, and we kind of stopped saying that. And then they went and they traded for Devontae Parker. So, and they only traded, well, I say only. They got a third. The Dolphins got a third for Devontae Parker. I feel like that's a lot. Um, I guess let's just go into the value of it. Um, Izzy, do you care that Devontae Parker is now on the Patriots?
0: Uh... Yeah, yeah, I do. Um very convincing sounding. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> I think Parker's a a solid wide receiver. I think he's kind of dealt with some inconsistencies due to health and all these other things, but um, it's interesting that they went in you know, interdivision on a trade here. Uh, and it's probably why it costs the Patriots a little bit more. That's a fair point. Um, but I think it's a I think it's kind of a big deal. I think this is an anchorman type trade where the Patriots paid up for a specific reason, and they must have wanted Devonte Parker for, for, mm-hmm. yeah. for a specific reason, because there's a lot more receivers in the league that I think are attainable for a third round pick than just a Devonte Parker. And obviously, the draft is full of receivers, so I'm interested to see what the utilization is of Devontae Parker in, in, in New England. I think this is a really good thing for Mac Jones. Um, I fully expect them to bring in another receiver in the draft, too. I think jo- Jacoby Myers is a solid wide receiver. Having Devontae Parker on the outside and then whatever they do in the draft um, is really going to help Mac Jones take that you know next step in, in his second season. So for me, it comes down to if this is Tom Brady – in New England, obviously, the value that T- Devontae Parker would have would be significantly higher. But I still think there is a good opportunity to potentially buy a Devontae Parker because you still don't have to give up that much. So if you're looking for a guy that could get, you know, 100, 120 targets in New England, I don't, I don't hate this at all. Uh, and I still think that he's relatively inexpensive for what you'd have to pay for like a late
1: second for him. All right. So before we do get into the value talk, Akash, what do you think about this trade? But I want you to think about it in terms of these five words
2: that happened a few years ago. "Muhammad Sanu for a second. I was just thinking about that. Yep. Same guy who traded the second for Sanu. That was a um, good trade for us Falcons. Uh, Not a great trade for the Patriots. It's fine, though. Um, Parker's a better player than Sanu. It's not. It's not a Congress. So, like, uh, Parker's a guy that's had, like, a 22% target share over the last couple of seasons, about 12 expected points per game, and the offense that he's been in with Tua, um, he hasn't been extremely productive, but he's still been a wide receiver 34, and he'll probably continue to do so with Mac Jones. And he has a little bit of, quote-unquote, upside, but, like, the upside is instead of giving you 10, 11 points per game, he'll give you 12, 13. And I'm totally good with that for a late round startup pick or a third round price. So it's a good depth piece.
1: Okay, so now let's talk about value. Uh, Devontae Parker comes in on the the trade calculator at 4.6. The 209 is four points. So yeah, we're talking late second. Would you give up? Let's say you earned the 209, 208, the 210 around that area. And do you think you still got a good team? You want that little piece of depth? Would you send your second-round pick in this upcoming draft for Devontae Parker? Whoever feels like
2: shouting the answer, go for it. Um, it's yeah, the value is pretty good. There's uh, other guys I would target with that, but then I if I struck out on other wide receivers that um, I'm targeting in that area, other veterans and Parker's a fine depth piece for sure.
0: What is a um, what is somebody that you prefer? Kind of to put you on the spot, you know it's hard to think out top of your head. What is, uh, who's a guy or two that you prefer? with a 209
2: that you can acquire over, over Parker. Jarvis Landry or Adam Thielen, that kind of type of receiver. Those, no, those guys have a better shot at giving don't you... Don't steal my thunder, Akash. Don't give such good <laughs> examples. Those guys have a better chance of giving you more meaningful production. Yeah.
1: So I'm looking at the rankings, you know, just the list of all the players and all their, all their values in Superflex 12 team. And again, Parker at 4.6, also at 4.6 is Adam Thielen let I mean, just a, I'm going to name a bunch of players, and you tell me how you feel about Devonte Parker in this realm of players. You got the Tyler's, Tyler Lockett, and Tyler Boyd, Jimmy G at 5.4. If you still think he's going to go somewhere, which we will talk about in a little bit, Ronald Jones and his new venture into Kansas City. I already said I know, Brandon Cooks. I mean, the ever undervalued. CPAT, if you think that's going to happen again, hashtag Team Clemson. Big wide receiver Justin Ross, right around that area uh i hey man if you want to go down a little bit 3.2 is Laviska. i mean just to i think we're going to bring his name up once a show just for you so i mean of those <laughs> lists of players first of all do you think parker belongs in that area and two do you want him above any most
2: none of that list of players i guess akash go first because izzy went first last time he fits there um probably fits just below there just because some of the guys you listed like Boyd, Lockett, Cooks, et cetera, those guys that you name, they have better history of production. And so they're more proven uh, to give you more meaningful production. Whereas Parker only really has that one 2019 season, and then it's just a bunch of wide receiver three seasons, or wide receiver four even. So um, he's not super proven in that sense, but he's a good NFL player. And so I'd target the other guys first, but then uh, he's fine right after them. All right, what about
0: you, Iz? Um, yeah, the only player... I, I view this Devontae Parker thing as a potential one- or two-year type of transaction in Dynasty. Um, when I look at that, I, I see a guy like Adam Thielen, and for me, I, I'd have him higher. He's the only guy that, to me, stands out a little bit higher, even though he's kind of struggled the last couple of seasons. But... um. I think it's relative to health than it is to, to ability. Um, so I, I like Thielen a lot more than those guys just because I could get a 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns more mm-hmm, yeah. regularly than the other guys. Mm-hmm. So for two years, I kind of like the Thielen a little bit more. Tyler Lockett, no, I'm not feeling it. Um, not feeling it. Uh, Cooks, I can see. I, I can see Cooks. He's obviously perennially underrated. Uh, so I don't mind Cooks being a little bit higher. Other than that, I think the rest of them are, are in that pocket. I'd rather have Parker over like a Rojo. Um, Jimmy G, I'd probably rather keep Jimmy G just because it's a quarterback and super flex and mm-hmm. anything can happen. But I, I agree. I think he's in that pocket. I'd much prefer, you know, an even later second than the 209. But, I mean, we're splitting hairs at that point.
1: Yeah, to me, Thielen and Cooks, I are pretty easy over over Devonte parker and we don't know where cooks is going to be because there's talks of trading him because they are clearly tanking but it doesn't seem to have mattered no matter where he went he's good so i will follow that good along with him and i will i mean i man, i showed my bias when i said his name i i'll take justin ross <laughs> over parker i'll take that shot that he can come back from his injury and be awesome because like I said, I got biased. And otherwise, Jimmy G, yeah. i mean be Boyd. I've also have always loved Boyd. I think, though, I know wide receiver three on a high-flying offense like the Bengals versus the wide receiver one, most likely on the Patriots. I mean, just because it's one and three doesn't mean
2: two. Wide receiver two on the Patriots. Yeah, we don't disrespect Jacoby Myers in this pod. Not when I'm here. I apologize. Okay. The ex <laughs> receiver
1: on the Patriots. Is, is that? Does that fit better? Does that yeah. fit better? Uh, but I still think I'd take Parker over Boyd and Lockett. I, man, I'm terrified of Tyler Lockett right now because just him and Russ worked so well together that I hope Lockett's good, like with someone who's not as good as Russ, but, uh, you know, wait and see mm-hmm. kind of thing. But otherwise, yeah, I think Parker does, like you guys said, maybe belong a little higher than he is, but also then would so would Cooks and Thielen because they're both like two spots below him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it fits. And I guess there's absolutely no real risk at this point with the players you're looking at in the draft. And I don't think heavy emphasis on think production will be that difference between the guys we talked about. But. In their little grouping, Parker has, I think, the most likely chance to be on the bottom. But you know, that's a, that, the, I think that, you know, that's thing, not enough about Devontae
0: Parker. The Boyd thing is interesting because he really hasn't done enough to to justify giving up much for him the last couple of years. But he has these flashes. Obviously, he had some flashes in the playoffs as well where we're like, oh, Tyler Boyd. Like Tyler Boyd needs an injury to either one of the the top two receivers in, in uh, Cincinnati for him to actually produce for you in a fantasy perspective. like it's just there's just not enough there. he doesn't get enough. even when he does mm-hmm. get the volume, he barely gets enough production for him to be valuable. so I really not, never understood the Tyler Boyd thing. I think he's a lot better asset for the NFL than he is for fantasy, but Tyler Boyd is taking you nowhere in fantasy where. Some of these other guys, they could pop for you. There's, there's enough upside there on a weekly basis to where they could pop for you and, and win you weeks. Tyler Lockett's one of those guys where in best ball, I think it's great to have in regular, you know, just you know, starting, you know, selecting your uh, rosters and starting. to so a regular format. I don't love Tyler Lockett just because it's so far in between, I think, without Russell Wilson there for what his production is going to be. But like the Tyler Boyd thing is just has always been puzzling to me, and I don't know why. I mean, we've waited however many years for Tyler Boyd to be like a thing, a thing, and he's never really been a thing, a thing. And now he's got Higgins and and uh, Chase in front of him. He's definitely not going to be a thing. So I think he's way like way overrated, even mm. at a late second round price. I just don't understand it.
2: It feels about right. I mean, the guy that had like 15 points per game before Higgins and Chase got there, and now that those two fantastic players are there, he's averaging more like 12. It is a good offense, and sometimes being the third option in a really good offense. And you are he's a good player. He's not bad. Uh, you end up scoring some fantasy points. It's not amazing, but the production's pretty similar to Devontae Parker. It's like, boys are going to average... 10 to 12 points per game, Samus Parker, I'd assume or imagine.
1: Last season, Boyd averaged 11.5 points per game. Yeah, uh, He had one game of 1.7 points. Beyond that, you're talking uh, the lowest of 6.2. But also we have 20, 17, 13, 14, 13, 20. I mean, he has that bottom, your last starting player where... It's usually pretty safe, but he can give you a twenty-point game, like in a twelve-team league where you start ten teams, ten players each. Like spending a late second to get that kind of start will uh, be, I mean, useful. I think that's very good for your team.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, just waiting on those two or three weeks. I, I get it. I just don't.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with that. There's uh, not,
0: there's just not enough upside. There's not enough upside relative to those other guys. Like, there's not enough upside on a week-to-week basis, and there's not enough upside for. The rest of his career, for there to be any value in that, like there's no value to be gained. Like he, he's not going to yeah. eclipse where he's what you're paying for him at any point in time in a season. Like I said, unless both receivers probably get hurt, for you to be able to ship Tyler Boyd off for more than what you acquired, so you're kind of just sitting on a ship that's really not going anywhere, and the value yeah. is taking
1: you nowhere either. So I don't know, but yeah, I'm paying for the, the points, points there.
2: You're just paying and for the points. I mean,
1: the Thielen's value is not going up. Yeah. You just it's
2: just the points that you're uh trying to get.
0: Well, he, it's not going up, but y- the points are like you're you're the, the pick that you're giving up in terms of the value, there are is like a for me, I kind of think of it like a perceived production that I expect out of that pick.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyler Boyd
0: w- will never really give me that perceived production over the course of time where mm-hmm. I think a Thielen could, like I could get a sixteen points per game type season out of Thielen. Yeah, and I don't think that's out of the ordinary. What did he do last yeah. year? You yeah, know?
2: last year he had fifteen. The year before that, he had fifteen. I I'd take one season of uh, like fifteen, sixteen points per game out of Thieland, and like four years of ten from Boyd, just because that's more replaceable. Yeah, so so that's kind of how yeah. I look at it. So, but yeah, I I digress.
0: I just I always wondered with the Boyd thing. It's just he needed like one hundred thirty-five or one hundred whatever how many targets he had in his in his main season to even. Be a, be able to sniff fifteen points per game, and I yeah. think that's he's still twenty seven.
2: That's interesting. He feels like he's thirty or something.
0: That could be. He's an been around for a while. It. it feels like he's been around for a while. What is six, season six or something? Se- seven now. He no, came six, in. Yeah, he's 2016? next year's seven.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. same year as MT. I remember that. And so next year will be his seventh year. All right in twenty sixteen,
0: yeah. And and Devontae Parker, looking at him last year, he averaged eleven point one. So he averaged pretty much the same as Tyler Boyd. And now he's going to
1: an offense that doesn't have Tua as his quarterback. Okay, well, speaking of offenses that don't have Tua as their quarterback, (laughs) I mean, I figured that is a seamless transition because we're not talking about the Dolphins, so it works. All right, I want to talk about Trey Lance a little bit because I've seen a lot of discourse, a lot of differing opinions, a lot of people just covering their ears and screaming really when it comes to trey lance because there seems to be no middle ground you feel one way you feel the other nothing in between and you are not nice about it to the people who feel opposite at least that's what i've seen on twitter because twitter is not like that about anything else right everyone's just Mm -hmm. so nice and there's no fighting that's right never mind okay (laughs) so let's talk about trey lance for a second because I happen to be a believer. I I liked him coming in. I loved the landing spot. We figured Jimmy G. I mean, I didn't think for a full season, but it was in the back of my mind that it could be a full season. And we're after that full season. We've seen, I believe it was three games where he started. And we're talking about, what was it? 21 points-ish when he started. And I really should have had this pulled up already, but clearly I didn't. Um, Let's see, 21.95, 17.5, 22.55. And this is in the Jimmy Garoppolo offense. Let's face it, you don't have the same offense for those two quarterbacks. Like They're going to have to change something. But Trey Lance was still able to come in and score those pretty good points, which is at least high-end QB2, low-end QB1 numbers. And again, rookie season, not his offense without practicing with these players. Yes, I am letting my bias guide this conversation until I let other people talk because it's still me talking right now. So the real question I'm going to ask is, one, questions. Do you believe in Trey Lance? Two, are you worried that Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team and hasn't been traded yet? And three, where do you have him in terms of other quarterbacks? Like, what's his rankings? Okay, no, they're four. Trade value, because that's what we're going to talk about, right? So all of those questions, Trey Lance, his surroundings, do you think he starts? Apparently, I had a lot more questions than I thought I had. So um, Akash, you laughed at my stupidity, so you go first. What do you feel about all of those things I just said?
2: Yeah, uh, well, you said a lot of things. Um, I I like Trey Lance, same as you. He uh, He rushes well, we know that. He was drafted third overall, probably for a reason uh good prospect so we have an idea that he's there as well and when you mix all of that together you have tremendous upside for a quarterback uh uh the jimmy garoppolo thing doesn't worry me that he hasn't been traded because he's had the surgery i think that's been um making the 49ers unable to trade him right now until that teams can until teams can feel more secure that he's going to be uh that the sh- shoulder is going to be okay and so i think um as we go into the offseason, get further down the line, we'll see him eventually be moved. Trey Lance will be the starter. I can, I'm not going to, you can't guarantee anything but I'm going to say it. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen just because he was drafted third overall. Uh, They moved mountains to get him on their team and he's probably going to end up starting uh, eventually this year. And where I have him is uh, QB8, I guess. I don't do rankings, but looking well, looking at a list of quarterbacks that sounds where about to have him just because the upside is so tremendous and even if he isn't uh an amazing passer he'll still give us a bunch of fantasy points because he rushes really well
0: i don't QB8 seems a little maybe so let me let me ask you this so the top 5 quarterbacks um yeah. Allen Mahomes Herbert Murray Jackson Burroughs right behind Jack i mean they're neck and neck so kind of, flip mm-hmm. of coin there then you have the Watsons, Prescott's. Yeah. That's seven, eight. Then you have with a group of Wilson Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Lance, and Hertz. Yep. Where do you have Lance between would you agree that those eight ahead of him are the eight ahead of him?
2: Or would you rather have Lance over a yeah. Prescott or a Watson? Over over Dak, yeah. Uh, okay. I've been I started off the opposite at the beginning of the offseason and one of my friends convinced me otherwise because Lance has that tremendous upside um but definitely definitely he's right there uh at the top of that tier so okay. it's just a big tier there so
0: where do i so to answer your question wh- wh- was the first question is where do i have them right out of your laundry list you sound like my wife asking all these <laughs> questions so out of the laundry list of questions which question are we on
1: oh uh, whatever well he uh, Akash listed where he had him amongst other QBs. You listed gotcha. you li- you you read the DTC list in order. Do you think that's right to have him around QB twelve? The only ones. Okay, so
0: I'd ha- I'd rather have Dak over Lance, even though Lance has a def- definitely a higher upside in my opinion. Even mm-hmm. Dak had that season uh, before before the leg injury
2: it was it 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yeah, he no, passed it was, a, a ton. It was 2020,
0: fish.
1: right? No.
2: Nah, yeah, 2020. 2020 was the year he got hurt. Yeah,
1: yeah. so that was the year. That, then sorry, well, he had the first five games where he was by far the QB one. Yeah,
0: he was on pace for like
2: 6,600 yards. Yeah, not so, exactly sustainable.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, I agree. I mean, I I had made a bet with Hurley uh, on the podcast that he would not eclipse 6,000 yards, even though he was on pace to shatter 6,000 yards, and then he ended up getting hurt, so we never really found out. So. Because it did happen, because he did have that five game stretch, just like, you know, our, our host will probably cringe at this. Mariota had a, you know, six or seven game stretch early on in his career where he looked like, holy shit, he could be a top three dynasty asset. Um, I'm still ready for it. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's there. So we kind of cling on that potential. So I can't, with the utmost of confidence, say that Dak doesn't have that upside. But realistically, Trey Lance has a higher upside than Dak Prescott. So let me preface that. Mm -hmm. But Dak is definitely the... So if I'm giving up QB1 value, I have to ship a lot of future assets for a player. I have a hard time justifying Lance over Dak because I'm starting now with with Lance. I'm paying QB8 price, let's call it QB9, QB10 prices. So I'm, I'm giving up that QB1 value and I'm really not getting that. What's his potential ceiling? QB three probably, in all of Dynasty.
1: Is it though? QB four because QB five. Because like, what is it? What does Trey Lance have to do? Can he do anything this season? So February rolls around. Can he be above Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert? I think no.
2: Um, not Allen or Mahomes, but he could be over Herbert. Like if he hits his. Mm absolute ceiling but so if
1: trey lance finishes as the qb1 mm-hmm. like let's just say the qb1 somehow does he go over Allen or mahomes
2: no just because those guys have done it more but i would certainly put him up there with um herbert lamar tyler actually i might have um lamar higher because he's done it more too okay so okay but he's definitely he'll definitely be in that tier for sure
0: yeah, if he finishes a QB one in Dynasty, I'd have a hard time keeping him uh, keep him out of the top. Yeah, he'd be he'd be four probably. He'd be okay. four with the expectation that you would have to give up the overall QB one type price to acquire him. So it's whoever been, yeah, has I mean, I Trey Lance will will not give him up because if whoever has Trey Lance in your league right now is a firm believer in Trey Lance. So if well, Trey uh, Lance uh, goes finishes QB one. He has now become unattainable for anything less than the top QB one price.
2: Yes, absolutely. That is a very good point.
0: So, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting question. But even in the way that we answer it's like okay, well if you have my QB four, you're not getting him.
1: You know. Yeah. Okay. And right. also, even though age at mm-hmm. quarterback matters less, age mm-hmm. in the low to mid twenties matters even less. Lance is the youngest, at least of the top 21, including the incoming rookies, is actually the youngest right
2: now. Yep, That's right.
1: Okay, I'm going to ask what seems to be a silly question right now because of what all you were saying. Right right now, at this very moment, where do you have him with the other top guys from his rookie class with Fields and Lawrence? Do you have him above them, in the middle somewhere? What's your order
2: of those three players, Akash? Those quarterbacks, yeah, I have um, Lance, then Fields, then Lawrence. The is uh value insulation for lance is a lot greater just because we didn't see him absolutely flop in year one from a being good perspective. From a being good perspective. New That's magic right. Battle. And um <laughs> I think he has more insulation and a value um uh, from that, as well as his legs give us um more fantasy points and that will lead to people valuing him higher because we like fantasy points. We those do. are
0: good. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, those are pretty good. Um Okay, I'll say it. I have Fields higher. Well, here's the thing. I want to say that, but the problem is, is that Lance and his spot starts was significantly better than Fields and the all of the starts that he had.
1: I think there's a very good chance you in Lance's spot starts would do just as well as Justin Fields did in his. <laughs> so no no offense to you. You look like you're in great shape, but Ooh, look at that flex. You can't because you're not watching this, you're listening to this. But I'm sure you heard his muscles rip r- just ripple right through the microphone. Like, I mean, the offense absolutely matters. The weapons he has absolutely matters. And the fact that Justin Fields had Nagy and Darnell Mooney. Darnell <laughs> no, Mooney. That's right. Like that, that's what he had. And I again, I I've always said this. I will absolutely make excuses for the players I like. Um I had Justin Fields higher in the beginning and I didn't hate what I saw from Justin Fields. When he was able to do what he can do, he looked good. The points didn't follow again because it was just everything wrong for him. So I will play with the QB I think I like more. And I feel safer from a total QB skill perspective, even though fantasy-wise, Lance will have the safer floor because of his legs. Yeah. Now, I... I am 1000% sure a majority of the community out there has Lance higher because the hype is out of control and because of the legs, which again, makes sense. Like, yeah, we are at a point where you don't need to be a good thrower as long as you can get a lot of yardage on your legs and not throw interceptions. You don't have to throw them any completions. Just don't throw, don't turn the ball over. So until we work out new QB scoring, that's what the way we are right now. So I understand that other people will have lands higher, but I'm still on fields. But that also helps people get trades done. Like not everyone should have the same valuations.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I, view, I view lands and fields similar to like, if you were looking at it from a Watson to Lamar, like, so I see fields being a potential Watson type player. Like that's what his mold is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Lance, you're, we're looking at him now as a Lamar type where just like Lamar, and this is probably a a secondary point that we're probably going to start talking about with Lance is how he affects the landscape of, of the San Francisco players here. Um, Mm -hmm. I have little to no faith in any skilled position player in Baltimore outside of Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, uh, because they've, it took some time, but they've now solidified a relationship there. So other than that, I don't feel confident in Lamar Jackson really providing enough through the air to make other players viable enough for me to pay the price to acquire. Like I, I Bateman was my pre draft wide receiver one just ahead of Jamar Chase. It was it was Bateman and Chase from a player after the draft, I can't take I mean I couldn't have Bateman anywhere near that because of Lamar Jackson. Um and I feel that way with With Trey Lance, where we only got three—I mean, he got two technical starts, three games where he played most of the game, and he really didn't give me any sort of hope for the skill position players. I think Debo had one game where he had his touchdown. Targets weren't that high. I mean, I'm kind of going off memory here. I think you're looking at like
1: being able to think you remember any of it. I do not remember any of it.
0: Yeah, it's probably it's probably wrong, but i look at it and be like, okay, well, most of these guys are getting, we're looking at six targets tops in a, in a game. So Trey Lance, from a developmental perspective, from a, from a passing perspective, has so far to go to be able to elevate not just one, but three receivers in that offense. So Jimmy G was better for the pass catchers in San Francisco, but Trey Lance is significantly better as an asset. Than Jimmy G. Like, it's not even, obviously, not even close. So I think mm-hmm. this is a purely a situation where you're putting your ass, you're putting your faith into Trey Lance because he's going to give you so much rushing upside and floor, similar to Lamar Jackson, that he could essentially finish as a top five quarterback in Dynasty this year. I don't think one or two is really realistic, even with San Francisco being such a, a well. Oiled machine in theory, like they haven't really provided the consistency in theory, but like or uh, in actual like production. But theoretically, it's a well-oiled machine. They have a good scheme. They have great assets, and I think that he could finish top five. But if he finishes top five, I don't think that necessarily means that the rest of the players on his team have been successful. So we have to downgrade all of the Debo um IU Kittle in my opinion have to be downgraded relatively significant you know from the drop from Lance to to Garoppolo that's just my that's just my two cents on it
2: they're already pretty run heavy um without with Jimmy G and they still all supported um their weapons it's just uh I'm just trusting the talent with those guys like I think we can all agree that they're all good players right and so I'm just trusting that good players will score fantasy points to be concise. Like uh, Debo, we know he's going to be the engine of that offense. They get the ball into his hands, uh, through the air, on the ground. Uh, He gets goal line work that's really conducive to fantasy points. And then Kittle and Ayuk are um, terrific. Well, you know, Kittle was not an ancillary piece before Debo, but Debo kind of uh, took over this offense. But they make good ancillary pieces to Debo because they're also good players. And so no, I'd expect again uh, top eight numbers for Debo, top five. Uh, he was, I think, third last year in points per game. Kittle uh, was third last year amongst tight ends in points per game. He, he'll probably be top five again. And then I uh, you got expect good wide receiver two three numbers from. It's just uh, I'm just ex- like, I expect that they're all gonna be good players. Um, and then Lance, I also project him to be good. And so it's like a Uh, rising tide lifts all boats scenario with um those all the all the um, good players making a a good offense and that leads to touchdowns that leads to extended drives that leads to a lot of fantasy points.
1: Okay, but let's let's no hold on because I don't want to spend too much time on hypotheticals because we have other stuff to talk about. So Mm -hmm. let's move back to Lance himself. Lance's value, DTC has him at thirty four point two, which is a little over the one oh one. So a straight up question. You know, would you send the 101 for Trey Lance?
2: Yeah, I would.
1: Yeah. And at this point, we don't really know who it is, but I guess we're talking, as of right now, your choice between Brees Hall and Malik Willis.
2: Yep, pretty much. And then, well, Malik, it's easier to compare because it's quarterback to quarterback, and Lance was uh, a better prospect. Can I say by far? Because it definitely feels like it. He's going to be drafted higher, and. Uh he was better in college. And then Brees Hall. Uh Brees Hall is a good running back. He's you no, he doesn't have, he's like he he's a really good running back prospect, but Lance is just has a path to score a bunch of fantasy points at the QB position. Uh and that's quite a bit more valuable than scoring points at the running back position. Simply put, from a positional value standpoint, Lance is better. Is he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's. I think you got to take Lance there. You know,
0: Willis is like the new fun thing to kind of get excited about. Mm -hmm. But the the class overall has been degraded. I would say is probably a good term for like Malik Willis. Even with his upside, like he's got that same type of upside. Um, Mm the class itself. We view it so poorly that it's hard to get like Malik Willis, like Trey Lance has to do less to be able to return more. So, from an insulation perspective, he's definitely got it because we've had higher expectations. With Malik Willis, there's still a lot of skeptics, and this class isn't that good. So, Willis doesn't have the same value insulation. So, if Willis doesn't start all season and has, you know, starts three games and does what Trey Lance does, He's which not going to really be possible. worth. He's not going to be worth. Which <laughs> he's not going to be worth what Trey Lance
2: is worth today, next year. Mm-hmm. And so, you have to wait the extra year for your fantasy points to start rolling in because Lance will probably start this year, whereas Malik here. Yeah. So yeah, that's year. That's it's another like way you're to you're look at it. On the
0: value. I'm just kind of looking at it from an insulation. I, I like yeah, what I'm, I'm giving up. The amount of assets that I'm giving up to like, to acquire the 101 or to have the 101 and what I'm expected to receive out of that. I want a little bit more value insulation than what
1: Malik Willis gives me.
2: Yeah, you got more value insulation. You get points sooner, and you get a better player, in my opinion.
1: So it sounds like you guys are one on one plus for Trey Lance right now.
2: What I would uh, want for Lance, and yeah, I, I'd want plus on that.
0: Yeah, if that's what it takes, if that's what it takes, I'd be. I would try to acquire one of the other top quarterbacks mm-hmm. for that. You know, to one hundred one plus, she if I'm been going one hundred one plus, yeah, I try to kind of work my way down until I get to Lance. But if I had to,
1: let's say you earn the one hundred one, one hundred one, and
2: two
0: hundred one yeah. for Lance. Oh wait, so now I'm giving up Lance. Either way,
1: yeah. Well, yes. Would you accept at this point, or would you be willing to send? Because well, clearly you'll be able to send the one hundred one. So that's the bad question. Yes. Let's say you were receiving an offer. You think he's worth the one hundred one plus a little. So let's say I earned the 101, and I send you the 101 and 201 for Trey Lance. Accept or reject? Decent you close. You're, no, I would say no. Because
0: a lot of people mm. make this mistake. So they look at value at the quarterback position, and they say, yep, I'll just... Yeah. For me, when I'm talking about top 12 quarterbacks that I, that I have on my roster, with the upside of being top five or six whatever price the market has i'm way over that because of supply and demand like the supply and demand has shifted quarterbacks higher i still think it's too low because it is not easy to find those top 10 guys so if i have one usually what i like to do is get another top 10 quarterback in return so if i'm giving up lance in this situation I want a top 10 quarterback in return. So some sort of deal there where I may be giving up more to acquire somebody that I like more. So I'm working my way up to a Lamar or a Herbert or whatever with Lance, but I'm not trading one of those quarterbacks. That's hard to attain in order to just get another pick where I'm potentially getting Malik Willis, where I'm resetting the potential deck and I don't know what Mm -hmm. the Malik Willis, you know, box of goods is like, I'd rather just have what I've seen out of trade Lance and hope that it's what we expect it to be, so mm-hmm. Trey Lance. If I'm giving him up, I need a quarterback in exchange, or a quarterback that I think could work his way into that top eight or ten, and I'm confident in that. Versus just giving it up for picks or a package of running backs and wide receivers. I see a lot of people do this where they give up a quarterback and they acquire, you know, a solid receiver and a solid running back, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I wouldn't do that. Either. I wouldn't. It's like I'm, I'm not there with that. Like I. I can easily find a running back or receiver on an mm-hmm. annual basis that will replace what I'm acquiring to give up, you know, when I'm giving up Trey Lance. So it's, it's a supply and demand thing for me.
2: Unless the value is like overwhelmingly favoring the running back and receiver, I'm going to side with you. on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If it's like, yeah, I understand if it's like Najee, if it's, if it's like
2: Swift, Swift and Waddle for uh, Lamar, then yeah, then you're getting a lot closer to me favoring the, Uh, the skill players over the quarterback there, yep. Okay, well, all right,
1: we had a plan and we are going to swerve around our plan because man, we've been going for 40 minutes already. Mm -hmm. So, I have one question for you right now that I have a lot of interest in that you guys maybe care about Mm -hmm. in a tight end premium where. Let's call it 1.75 tight end premium. And let's say someone came to you and said, I have AJ Brown on my team. You have Kyle Pitts on your team. So we're talking tight end one-ish. We're talking well, tight end one. I don't think anyone dare not have Kyle Pitts as tight end one anymore, lest you be burned at the stake on Twitter. Hmm. And then AJ Brown, wide receiver four or five-ish. And they say, what do I need to add? to A.J. Brown, to get to Kyle Pitts? Let's say you have Pitts on your team. What would that answer be?
2: Yeah, with that much premium, I'm going to need like a mid one or something. You got to back up the brain truck for Pitts there.
0: Yeah, I view this as now, what would I need to put on top of A.J. Brown to acquire Justin Jefferson? And then that's where the conversation needs to start. So I think I agree with Akash. I'd say AJ Brown and a in this draft a mid to like the one oh eight ish would probably be where my expectation line is. And that would be me having to have like you mentioned a fryer or
2: a kid. Like a,
0: I don't even know how I feel I like Fryer a lot. So like I view Fryermooth as there's potential for him to lift into the top six or seven, TJ Hawkinson. So I but would that's need. That's what a... I was going
1: to say next. Yeah,
0: Blockinson. So I have Friermuth ahead of Kasiki and Fanton Dynasty. Um, where I have Friermuth is below the TJ Hawkinson and um, who's another tight end in that range? Uh, why am I drawing a blank?
2: Goddard. Goddard. Yes. Yeah. Thank
0: you. That's that's what I was thinking about. So Goddard and Hawkinson. He's in that range. You think he's, Hawkinson's above both of those guys. And then it's Goddard and Booth for me. So I would need to have one of those three guys on my team for me to feel confident in that transaction where I'd even consider doing a late first in
1: AJ Brown for a pits. Okay. But let's pretend we're talking pure value. It's beginning of April. You're not start. you're not setting a lineup for five minutes.
0: I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You, so you'd still, regardless of your second tight end situation, because you could figure that out much closer to the season.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. You, you'd throw a late first. Okay. no Legitimate question we'll because it was an argument. in. Okay. That's mid to late. Um, the problem with A.J. Brown dude is that he's
0: like, if he was durable, like if I wasn't yet. having to worry about A.J. Brown getting hurt all the damn time, like yep. this conversation would be a lot harder. And A.J. Brown would be in the in the top five or six dynasty wide receivers he is but i mean he is already uh, but well, yeah well let me think so who are the five who are the top five we have jefferson jefferson chase, chase
2: and then then it's like pick your poison like pick your poison and my poison's like D- debo aj brown and like dk cd cd oh nah, after those guys
1: well i'm just saying i i pulled up the the DTC rankings and it's Jefferson, Chase, CD, AJ Brown, Debo, T Higgins at six. I knew I loved you guys. Uh, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. And then we're at like Adams, Tyreek Hill, Godwin. Like that's way too low. I have such a huge problem with AJ Brown and his durability because it's every single season. It's multiple times every single season. And it's the same issues every single season. Now I get injury prone is not the nice or right thing to say, but soft tissue injuries have recurring issues and that's what he seems to be having a problem with so i you have to weigh
2: that in what injuries has he had he had the knee scopes like two years ago but then what he's had minor injuries that minor injuries happen in football minor injuries you could play through happen at football
0: yeah yeah he he's definitely like i'm so aj brown for me was like my my wide receiver one going into the season last season but i can't be if I'm getting an average of 13 or 14 games in a season from my wide receiver one, that kind of kind of gets a little frustrating. And it's not just that, like there are a lot of games where he's just getting Mike Williams, where he gets hurt. He misses a bunch of plays. You don't know if he's going to come back. That hurt my feelings. Your heart's sinking like, oh shit, here this goes again. And then he comes back and like, okay, well he's <laughs> kind of back now. So it's like, I'm kind of over the, 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 the worry. Like I'm always concerned that, okay, A.J. Brown's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. And I don't want to have that worry when we're talking about it. And I'm thinking about in my mind when I'm talking about top five receivers. Historically speaking, the top five receivers are much closer in terms of value than they are now. It's literally Justin yep. Jefferson and Chase and then a huge value gap. We're talking the about- Grand Canyon. Have, yeah. And then everybody else. So I'm thinking that he would be now the wide receiver. Th- if he was healthy, he would be the wide receiver three. Overall, those guys pretty confidently for me. If he was like a, if he was like a Roddy White, he played every single game.
2: Yeah, I get it. Plus, if Tennessee, if Tennessee ever decided to throw the ball, then yeah, that'd be nice too. You're getting out there because the target sure is terrific, and then he's also really good in like every other metric because he's a good football player. It's just oh, Tennessee awesome. decides they're gonna throw thirty times a game, which kind of sucks.
0: Right. So let me go back to Russ's question in the debate was, was what exactly, Russ? You said that this is a debate that's going on.
2: The premium that Russ said vaults Kyle Pitts up to that Chase and Jefferson. So then now there's also a Grand Canyon between not only Chase and Jefferson and A.J. Brown, but also Kyle Pitts and A.J. Brown, where you need that mid-first on top.
1: No, because that's what it was. Um, My friend did the outhouse challenge, which... In case anyone listening doesn't know, you tell your leagues, "Offer me a trade. I'll put it on Twitter as a poll. The side you're offering me wins the poll, yeah. and I'll accept it." Mm. And quite interesting. Yeah, it's exhausting. Don't do it. It's not good for your teams. To, mm-hmm. so if that's your thought, don't don't do it. Um, but he got offered. Yeah, you had to trade away T Higgins for pennies. Awful. Oh my god, that hurt me. I, I lost so many Waddle and T Higgins shares that made me cry. But someone got an offer of Kyle Pitts for. AJ Brown, and I think it was like the 204, and e. like low level tight ends, like not even uh, the guys no we've else.
2: talked about. Who, like, and it, Troutman or something?
1: Not that low, but it, it definitely wasn't anyone you felt safe starting. I wish I could remember what the. Oh, I think it was Cole Komet, and uh, uh, like it wasn't even someone with hype. I can't remember who the other guy was. Like maybe Dawson Knox, but maybe not. I can't remember. Like Dan Dawson Arnold Knox or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it, it was close. It came down to like the last minute and it was like 51 49 in favor wow. of Pitts. Like, I okay. voted for Pitts without thinking about it. And that's why we, that's why this conversation came up. Like, those tight ends shouldn't even be in the conversation. Like, yeah. you just like move them out of the way and it's like, all right, let's talk about the rest of this. And the 204 and AJ Brown to me was nowhere near paying for Kyle Pitts. But I'm with you. Twitter disagreed. <laughs> yeah. So, that that's what I wanted to get out there. And because I know that there's a good chance Rocky's going to listen to this and he'll feel better that we all agreed with him because he was terrified. He was going to lose pits in this.
2: Yeah. What I'm hearing, Russ, is that you're smarter than the average, uh, the average bear, you know, ball, man, that's, you just know what you're talking about. I love it.
0: I, so Russ, I don't know. know. This is a great way to kind of like, we have a lot of, you know, listenership via Twitter. Right. And Mm when people people pulled up a lot of polls on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I've found that the only polls over time, Superflex has gotten reasonable to where you could put up a poll and Superflex will be ve- will be voted on properly. But mm-hmm. three or four years ago, that was not
1: the case. Not the case. Now, I used to have to all capital letters with asterisks on each side <laughs> of the capital word Superflex. Yeah, like, please only
0: vote if you know what Superflex is, and you'd have to like beg people. Now it's kind of like the norm and expectation. However, mm-hmm. there are When people are voting, you have to view this as, who is voting on this? Think about the average Joe. The average Joe is not playing a 1.75 tight end premium. They're not playing a running back points per carry type of format. They're not playing a points per first down type of league. So unless the poll is specifically rooted in the standard, which is now become super flex, tight end premium I think is okay. But when you're starting to get into the higher tight end premium, some of them go into like 1.75 that you talked about. To Akash saying his tight end premium is one and a half. That's the standard. When you bump it up to Mm -hmm. 0.75 and two, you're talking about we're talking about 1.75 extra per game on these top end tight ends potentially to two and a half per game, which is massive, almost three per game. So those votes are not going to be counted properly. So it's really a bad decision to Put your faith into Twitter when you're going into yes. an abnormal type league setting because yes. you're not going to get the proper results. And that's a big thing. I never said this. it was a good idea.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's why the up. outhouse
2: challenge is so tough sometimes because then you end up trading away hits and Higgins for pennies.
1: And that's why. But also, it's also just part of it's the part of you have to put the strategy into the offers you're putting out there. Yeah, But I could do an entire show talking about that. Maybe I should do an entire show yeah. talking about that. Not That'd the point. Fun because we're not doing it now and we are going to call it a day today for the dynasty trade calculator flagship show where we did plant a few flags i'm bringing it back because i like it uh russ fisher i did it again russ akash izzy at dynasty house at yzr underscore fantasy at dtc underscore izzy e we'll see you next time